0: Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan.
1: Oh, Grump. Three things happen you can always count on. Death, taxes, and me getting sick around Thanksgiving from my brutal travel schedule all year. Uh, Rough, rough weekend. I sat in two freezing cold stadiums. I watched both of my teams lose to bad teams, and now I am sick, so... Great to talk to you, Grump. Well, I mean, I'm I'm
0: not sick, <laughs> but I am sick. I'm yes. sick from yesterday. Uh, that was... Um, Sickening. Yeah, it was disgusting. That was a pretty bad loss against a bad team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was right from the get-go, uh, you could kind of tell it was going to be heave-worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to get into the game. We have a lot to say. We have a lot of things to look at with this team going forward i know the entire fan base is kind of a little arms in the air kind of wondering what the rest of this year is going to look like now um but the game itself this loss in a vacuum i think i i mean we haven't spoken but but like i can deal with this loss on its own the bigger story
1: is who is now lost right Mm. Oh, absolutely. Because what it, the loss is spilt milk. We have to worry. This is kind of like a if you look at the schedule, you know, it's not first half, second half. It was like the relatively easier part of the schedule is over. And now we're in that stretch drive. Now we we've we've been saying on this show ever since we started, we want to have relevant games when we get to Thanksgiving. And not only do we have relative games coming into Thanksgiving, we have the critical games coming to Thanksgiving. We are really gonna get the division. Uh, we are going to get place teams that we're going to have to face and deal with for potential wild cards or potential teams we would face in the playoffs going forward. So this is the time we got to buckle up. And this is not the time we need for critical guys to be down and out for extended period times or for out for the year. And that's exactly what's happened.
0: Well, I would disagree that they have gotten through the easy part of their schedule and only have the hard part left. I don't think that that's necessarily true.
1: Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into that. The, the second half of the show, I'm going to have a whole analysis. I'm going to talk about of how we got to where we are and what we have going forward. So we're going to talk about the schedule itself. What I meant specifically was the last couple of weeks. We kind of got through a, you know, a relative breather, and now we're getting ready for the hard. part. Sure. So, yeah. We yeah.
0: we had we had the two worst teams in the league in a bye week the last three weeks. Correct. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. That's fair. Um, yeah. That being said, look, the, the injuries are horrible. I don't even know where to start and which one's worse. I, I guess the worst one has got to be a Dory Jackson. Um, I don't know if it's official, whether it's an MCL issue or why. It's a knee injury, and it's going to be multiple weeks.
1: Yeah, it may uh, maybe not be the most uh, severe injury, but to a you know, physical injury, but for the impact for this team, it is the most important one for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, After that, I would have to say Wandale Robinson, after the game that he had to not only just – not to be injured but a torn ACL season over. And not only that, I try to say this. I try to remind people this every time. Torn ACL, guys come back from it nowadays, but they are not – that first year back, they're not the person they were. It's a two-year recovery. Yeah, It just is, especially for guys like him.
1: You know, and we – I think we talked about it on last week's show, or just me and you were talking about it offline where I had made a comment about, you know, getting Wandell more involved and you had said something like, Well, you know, you can't expect too much from a guy like that. He's just he's just a second round pick, he's learning how to play in the NFL, wasn't you know, all use a lot of time. And I felt during the game yesterday, it's like, oh, this guy's finally getting it. The light has gone on, and he's gonna be a very, very important part of this offense going forward. And then next thing you know, we can you know forget about him for a very long time, and it's it's very very frustrating and just a pattern. It's unfortunately hit this team for the last several years. It just continues.
0: Yeah, man. Um, that that was that's pretty horrible. Um, going off after that um, is a series of injuries to guys that I guess it, it's just at this point any more injury is just going to be bad. So you know, Josh Azudu has a neck injury. John Feliciano has a neck injury, left the game, was replaced by Nick Gates, which the fact that he's even playing is crazy. Richie James has a knee injury. Fabian Moreau left the game with an oblique injury. Kyrie Phillips left the first quarter with a neck injury. Jason Pinnock returned to the game with a jaw injury, and then on a routine tackle, which it didn't even look like his face got hit, he stayed on the ground. uh, Yeah.
1: Well, let's go back to the Dory Jackson injury for a second, because, you know, this was one let's. of these things, we could see this a mile away. And any of you Giant fans who are, you know, been around as long as Grump and I have been, have PTSD about uh, Jason Seahorn, the guy who begged and begged and begged to return kicks. They finally let him in a preseason game, and of course blew out his knee, and that was the end of him. And, you know... Dory Jackson may not be Jason Seahorn, you know, as great as Jason Seahorn was, but he was the most critical person probably on this defense. He was, you know, in spite of what some people who sat around us said, he is a cornerback one. He is, you know, we need him back there in a, in a very thin cornerback room. And to go down for a reason where there was no reason to be there in the first place, it's not like these Deion Sanders. He's not this electric guy. We don't need an electric returner on this team. We need someone who's, you know, uh, a rock who can catch the ball first. We'll worry about, you know, other things later. But, you know, we're, we're 31st in the league right now in punt return yardage. That's not all on just who's catching the ball and running with it. It's your special teams as a whole. Can they block? Do they have good, you know, formation and stuff like that? So we're not a good unit anyway. So. To risk one of your most important guys out there, it's almost – you're you're asking for it and you got the injury now. We have to deal with it.
0: All right. So I'm going to go on a tear here. Go for it. Uh, All right. So let's talk about special teams for a minute. Hmm? Special teams, despite the catchy phrase that people like to say, is not one-third of the game of football. No. It is not. Not at all. Sometimes – you need special teams to be the difference maker to win a game. Sometimes you need your special teams to just not lose the game. It is time to acknowledge what this team is, and this was a poor coaching decision to put Adoree Jackson back there. Why? Well, we're a rebuilding team on a rebuilding roster. So when I look at special teams for this team, I see a Pro Bowl kicker, and that's good enough for right now. On every phase of this team, there are holes in the roster because they're rebuilding. <sighs> you don't need to manufacture a difference maker when that's not what your team is. This team is not a... We, we are not a team that needs the special teams to be the, the thing that makes the game happen for us. Because we're either going to win games or we're going to lose them. This is... This is a team that needs to not have their special teams lose them the game. As in, they can't let the turnover margin be changed on special teams, which is what happened when Richie James went down. What they needed was special teams that wouldn't fumble in that game. What was that, Seattle, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. that was Seattle. If they didn't, and we said this at the time, this was just a team that is not fit to overcome two turnovers on special teams. They're just not. And that really was the difference between being out of that game and being in that game. They were out of that game at that point. Um, for starters, let's stick with this. Richie James did not need to be benched indefinitely from one game. He had a bad game against Seattle. It is indisputable that two fumbles on in one game is, is bad. Regardless, the rest of the year, he was... A pretty standard punt returner that offered you nothing special, but also didn't really cost a lot of games. You could argue that maybe the Seattle game loss was on that, but this is a team that, that, that yeah. isn't supposed to be winning game. The, the, we have to remember that this is a rebuilding roster, okay? There is no need for special teams to be the thing that wins the game for this for this roster. What it needs to be is what doesn't lose the game for this roster, Instead, we had one game that was going to be tough anyway, lost on special teams. We benched that player forever and replaced him with the best defensive back we had. There are other people who can catch punts on this team, but no, we needed a difference maker back there for some reason. And Nidori Jackson is a difference maker. He is an electric kick returner. You just don't remember because he played in the Pac-12. Um, that was the whole reason. There's other people who can catch punts and not fumble them. That's all we needed back there. In this game, against the worst team in the league, we did not need a difference maker returning punts. No, we tried to manufacture a difference maker. Okay, fine. So now what we've done is we have lost him for what might as well be the rest of the year. Because as far as I'm concerned, if he's gone for five weeks, with what remains after that and how we will be, it's almost not worth Risking injuring him further into next year and into the off season. which which may be the case, may not be the case. But Brian Dable's reaction to this in the press conference was unsatisfactory. He said, "That's just football." No, it's actually not. Taking not a helmet true. to the knee a helmet to the knee is not a typical injury for a corner. What it is is a typical injury for a punt returner. This injury did not need to happen to this player. Yeah. It also didn't need to happen a, at all. A
1: quarterback being tackled a cornerback being tackled period is not normal. That's not what, that's not what he does 99% of his, you know, unless he ret- returns an interception or something gets tackled, but that's like what percentage of total plays does he play? That's not normal football.
0: It's not nor- it's normal football for a punt returner. Dory Jackson is not a mm-hmm. punt returner first, corner second. He's a right. corner first. Punt returner second. And by Mm -hmm. corner first, I mean he's corner one. He's not corner three that has to play right now as a starter because of depth issues. He is the best defensive back this team has. He's one of the best in the division. Now he's gone because of a perceived problem on special teams. Mm -hmm. This is not the problem with this team. Special teams is problem number 85 on this team's problem
1: list, and I and I and I said before, you know, we were 31st in putt return yards per game. That sounds bad on paper, but, but we were not, seven and three. But that, that was just getting to my point. It's like <laughs> let's put it in perspective of what is that? What does that really mean? Well, not that much in, in the grand scheme of it. So, you know why
0: it doesn't mean anything because it's not one third of the game. That's it. And in fact, the most important plays for special teams, in my opinion, is kicking field goals. Kicking field goals, everything else just has to be mistake-free. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a punt inside the 10 or inside the 5. It doesn't have to be a 48-yard punt return. It doesn't have to be a kickoff return to the house. What it needs to be is not fumbles. What it needs to be is not injuries. Richie James had a bad game in Seattle. He took over punt return duties for the rest of the game today and was fine. This was a perceived problem. While it contributed to a it, – while it made Seattle into a backbreaker, it wasn't really the reason we lost. No. It's what made us prevent – like th- there was just no way to win at that point. Once that happened, the game was pretty much over. That's yeah. the difference. A- and to me, this was coaches overthinking a problem. You know, I think it's okay to bench Richie James the game that he drops two balls and it's like, all right, collect yourself. But you put him back out there. He was the best option we had at punt returning, and and to be fair, I'm not saying anything nuanced or smart or brilliant here. I think a lot of the Giants fan base initially hated the idea of Adoree Jackson back there. I mean, I had a Jason Seahorn jersey when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and and you know times have changed, but Adoree Jackson is twice the corner that Jason Seahorn was.
1: Uh, I don't know about that.
0: Yeah, it's because you're old.
1: Yeah, no, you don't remember.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember good. just. I go ahead and put the stats up next to each other, but
1: different game. What's my point? It's more yeah. of a pass happy league now, right? But he was he was more of a lockdown. I mean, all right, whatever. Keep going. Uh,
0: that's it. That's it. My point yeah. is that we we've lost corner one, and uh, that is what it is. We it, it, it completely unnecessary. That one is on you, Dable. Period. And by the, way, s- by the way, by the way, the love affair with this coaching staff. It's okay to criticize them. You can do it.
1: I was actually going to, it's funny. Not, you, said not it, you, everyone. Yeah, I was actually going to say something, you know, the, the more this season's going on, and it's not a question of, you know, I know we're 7-3, and three, and uh, thanks, Ron, and Section 124 for reminding me what the uh, correct win-loss record is for this team since I garble it every moment. Um, take away the win-loss record, which is the most important thing, but is your perception of this coaching staff changing and all of the more we go on? I mean, I know there was a there's a real honeymoon period with them and obviously we're overachieving based on what this roster was an expectation, but there seems to be little things that are kind of like little head scratchy with this coaching staff.
0: No, that's been that's it's been that way since the beginning for me. Okay. All right. I mean, again, really okay. us keep it all all things considered, all things considered, this is a brutal mistake, but yeah. it was a small decision to put him back there. The other the other issues I have, they're small decisions, and some of them have paid off, and other ones kind of blew up in their face. This is just—this was a really bad decision. Yeah, I think the
1: moral of the story is that let's all remember we didn't hire Bill Parcells or we didn't hire, uh, you know, Bill Belichick. We hired a first-year coach who is going to be learning on the job as he, you know, handles his first year and his second year and his third year. I, think I, said
0: that, I said this last when we were talking about the offensive game plan against Houston. This is the yeah. same thing I said. I think it's just a first-year offensive coordinator under a first-year head coach. I didn't think it was anything more or less than that.
1: Mm-hmm. So say. I think some of these things, you know, you know, as the shine of the record, if it goes from seven and three to seven and four to seven and five, and you know, now that you now most of this fan base has a different expectation level of this season. You know, and if it that falls flat because of strength of schedule and, you know, the mounting injuries, this is not going to be the same team in week 13 that you saw in week nine. You know, keep those facts in mind about what this coaching staff is. And don't start questioning, did we make a mistake with uh, with Dable or something or same old, same old, just
0: no, 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 no. It's yeah, of course.
1: Like that. That's what I'm, I'm trying to say. And again, we're going to talk a little later about what, what's coming up and what we've done so far. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's. There's nothing out of the ordinary that makes me shake my head, like what are we doing with this guy? But it's also not all smelling like roses just because we're seven and three, or we're seven and two before this game.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback this into another coaching decision. This is the offensive game plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, this idea that a team is not good against the run, so we're just gonna slam Barkley up the middle, is. It's just a silly one because it's being – tell you can see the linebackers are just running right up. This game to me was a game where the RPO was going to be king. If you can suck up the linebackers to try and go after Barkley and sell out for them and hit slants behind it, you're going to kill them. We didn't run, I don't think, a single RPO play. Um, and as part of this decision, I think the, the, the decision was made – to throw Shane Lemieux in Josh Izudu's place, which, by the way, I understand that Josh Izudu is playing in Shane Lemieux's place for the majority of this year. Mm-hmm. Shane Lemieux got hurt very early before the season started. We had Ben Bredesen out there first, who was actually playing pretty good on both phases of the game, pass blocking and, and run blocking. He's hurt. So Josh Izudu comes in, and he's raw. We know I said this when we drafted him. I, I don't even think he's going to play this year. Um, And I don't know that he would have had it not been for injury. So he's had some issues. Shane Lemieux is a plus run blocker, but this is also Shane Lemieux's first year in this system. And it was... All over the place on display. The mm-hmm. first play of the game, he blocked the wrong guy. And I'm putting the blame on him because I don't think it was Andrew Thomas that suddenly can't block the right guy. Nobody <laughs> blocked the guy. And by the way, this defensive tackle had a career day. He's not even good. Yeah. And every single tackle for loss he had was just a fucking blocking mistake. And by the way, I was granted 20 F-bombs for this episode.
1: You were given, a, you are given a, uh, a bigger leash, that's for sure. So go yeah, for I, it. I,
0: I was given a 20-F-bomb a leash, and I, I, that one just kind of came out. I'm not really <laughs> right. The third play of the game, still I mean, first I... drive, still first drive, immediately lost his pass-blocking rep for a sack. He was responsible for the sack there. On the second drive, he and Feliciano both double-teamed and then abandoned that defensive tackle. So mm-hmm. clearly one person was supposed to stay. The other was supposed to move to the second level. They both did it. I'm going to put that on Lemieux because he hasn't been playing here all year. I have to assume that it is a massive coaching mistake to think the plus run blocker should be in for this game because this is what I'm assuming. I understand that he did eventually he, – he did have the starting job to start the year, but that was not the regular season at any point. So – To me, this is a mistake. He just came back from injury. He has not been practicing for very long, and
1: he looked lost out there. He got benched. I'm with you. I do not believe that you have a job just because you're injured, you come back, you get it. You know, I'm sorry those things happen. You know, this is a running team, and this is something we argue all the time about, but this is a running team. This is the fourth best rushing offense in the league. We run the third most times of anybody in the NFL it's been successful you have continuity on this offensive line I don't see all of a sudden changing things in and out just because somebody all of a sudden is healthy who hasn't been in with the other line you said you know that first play with you know what could have been Andrew Thomas who blew a block right because everybody doesn't know where they're but sp- they're not playing together long enough so that's my problem and I and I agree with you it's He's there, Shane Lemieux. He, you, know, you can spell him for a play or two to get himself back acclimated. You know, get get his uh you know, his feet wet again. If somebody goes down, you you insert him in, but what's working, you stay with. And I, I
0: disagree to, to be fair, I'm gonna throw this in. Just sorry, I'm not yeah. trying to cut you off, but no. to be fair, Josh Zudu did have an injury that he was nursing going into this game. I mm-hmm. still don't agree with the switch. And I do think that the run first philosophy had something to do with it. So yeah. I continue.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, 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 we disagreed a little bit yesterday on the train, and I'm going to kind of disagree a little bit also. It's, you know, when you are a good running team, and you are facing supposedly a bad running defense, I think you go what works until it doesn't work any longer, and I think that you know in the second half we did pretty much abandon the run. I, I think it's the running game was horrible, and. It should not be. I mean, it should not be that bad. I mean, I get it if you can kind of sort of contain Barkley or something, but how many yards did he have at halftime? 12?
0: I think it's almost where he ended because I don't think we ran. Right, right, right. Maybe twice. That's what I mean. I
1: mean, I mean that's just – it's just – and these things happen, I guess. I guess you have bad games or something. But I don't disagree with the philosophy of, you know, abandoning what you do best. And this team, what they do best is run the ball. It didn't look like it. Um, well, it didn't Whoa, actually. Wait.
0: so you said you go with what works until it doesn't. So yeah. when were they supposed to stop? You have a think, problem with them switching up to passing the ball?
1: Yeah. I don't have a problem. I mean, it, it wasn't working. So I think you have to, okay. You have to adjust. I mean, okay. if we just continue to try to run the ball and it wasn't working, you'd be like, why didn't they make any moves? Why didn't they adjust what they had to do? And they, they did that in the second half.
0: So, I do want to, I know that this team has a lot of running yards, but I I think there is just a misconception of what is a good running team and what is a team that has a good running back. I mean, is this team so bad at throwing the ball? I mean, we saw in the whole second half, Daniel Jones threw 341 yards.
1: To who? I think two things can be true. I think I think this passing game is getting better in spite think, of the lack of talent that they have. And I think this and I think games like this actually are telling this coaching staff they can be a little more balanced. And I think the phrase I, I used with you yesterday was this is not an explosive passing game by any stress, but it's getting more and more efficient. I mean Daniel Jones is proving, you know, he can handle the short and intermediate passing game with even with these targets. He's rarely off target. He's hitting guys. I mean, the, the two interceptions, you know, the, the, the first one was just an amazing play. The second one was basically a punt on fourth down. I mean, I know Pat Leonard had a lead off his uh, his headline in his first sentence of his, his article about the story saying Daniel Jones throws two picks as Giants lose, which if you think that was the reason why the Giants lost, I, I don't know what game you're watching, especially from yeah. a, a beat reporter. It's obviously, again, someone trying to push a narrative that he doesn't like Daniel Jones, it's nothing
0: that will get clicks more than people arguing about Daniel Jones.
1: Of course, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that – I don't think that for the longest time that this coaching staff trusted this passing because, again, of the personnel that we have. And I think we're well, seeing – Wait, wait,
0: wait. I agree with you. And do mm-hmm. you agree with them? Because that was your line. I don't trust them. I don't think they trust them. I think I, at this point, this was proof that they were wrong oh, all yeah, along. I, 100%. I mean. And who said it? I was you. saying it. I was saying it for weeks. Daniel Jones can throw the ball. He can move in the pocket. I'm watching it happen. We're mm-hmm. still not throwing. I don't know why. Now, every wide receiver is hurt. And now now, now, we've, now we've gotten the blinders off of our. Let house. me ask you a
1: question. Another co- coaching decision also. Saquon Barkley couldn't run the ball for shit in the first half. And that's one okay. of my first words. I'll put that on the list for one. Okay. Um, <laughs> why do we use him at all in the passing game in the second half?
0: Um, he had two catches, um, but not enough. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree mean, again,
1: we, we, are, we are dealing with a very limited stable of wide receivers right now. We have basically no tight ends. We are, we are relying on, you know, what we have. He is our still our best offensive weapon on this team by a mile. You know, I, I, to not even put him in when we were saying it, we said it off season and stuff that his his special sauce also is get the ball into his hands in space. Well, you know, the passing game can do that as well. Just yeah, as but the best. running game. So that,
0: thank you, you just said it. Get it to him in space. No, suddenly we were we we're power runners with Saquon Barkley, and we're just going to run between the guards. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't get that because. Our guards, our interior of the offensive line is the worst part of it. John Feliciano is a fringe starter, is truly a backup center. Mm-hmm. Mark Lewinsky is terrible. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm saying he's terrible now when I was happy about him a while ago because um, he's been worse. But also, you know, they needed to get a veteran in here at some point. So I thought they made a nice um, – whatever doesn't matter I don't have to justify shit he's playing really horribly and on the left side we have a rookie who is super raw um a guy who we know has trouble pass blocking and Ben Bredesen who was terrible last year and was finally looking good before he got hurt we don't have shit on the interior so this idea that we're gonna throw a bunch of linemen in at tight end and just the whole thing is stupid I I just don't get it you know this this idea that we're just going to run between the guards because maybe because it's a bad run defense or, or I don't know. Yeah, I don't know bad, what the point you is. You
1: know, the, the the stat isn't the worst run defense from tackle to tackle. I mean, bet, run defense means, you know, you can bounce outside, you know. And again, I know.
0: And they did try uh, that. But, they, I mean, that was clearly not their aim from the get-go.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's something, you know, we started to see last week too. And, you know, I, you were more upset about it than I was of what we were trying to do. But it seems like they are favoring that in the last you know the second half of last week, the first two quarters of this week. And that's uh, a, a little disturbing.
0: I don't want to jump all over the place, but since we're talking about coaching decisions and we brought up last week, because this was part of last week, and this was a big frustration of mine last week, I want to talk about what other teams did in our division this week. Washington, 23 to 10 over Houston. At one point, 23 to three. You think they took their foot off of the gas? Dallas forty to three on Minnesota. Do you think they took their foot off they the gas? They were
1: throwing bombs away.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know. We're not we're not good enough for that. But we but we have to have a difference maker at punt return. That's really important. Yeah, it's not important that we put teams away. Stupid, yeah. bad coaching decisions there, yeah. in my opinion. Agreed. Um, Shane Lemieux, yeah, absolute fart. I'm not down on him as a player. I think that it's a big deal that he didn't play at all last year and has not been able to practice for many months now, That's, that is a lot of catching up to do.
1: And mm-hmm. I think
0: it was folly to just throw him out there. Whether Josh <laughs> Zudu's injury is worse than I thought or, or whatever. Um, at, at a certain point, I'd almost rather Nick Gates out there.
1: Um, Let me ask because- you so. Let, Let's take it a step further. Do you feel because Shane Lemieux is back, they felt they could have more of a power running game because he was back?
0: Yes, that's I biggest, absolutely think that's
1: that. A, that. That's a double fart. Then it's just like that's
0: yeah, that, yeah. That's my thought process. I think at some point they thought that this was a good time to get Shane Lemieux back, and I'm not disagreeing. But oh, we're playing the worst run team in the league. We're getting Shane Lemieux back. Let's let's run between the. That is the thing that I think it was. I I just I don't know. Maybe I, I could be totally wrong, but I, I don't know. I do think that in spite of this, the coaching decisions, the game planning decisions, they've done a good job of changing what this offense is, um, got as their bread and butter throughout the year in little phases, right? We saw it right away with Barkley being the focal point. Then we saw the Barkley-Jones running game focal point. Um, now I, I think they're trying to work in the power run run up the middle mix in with play action um it's clear that they were working wandale robinson to be more of the focal point into this offense i do think that they were evolving as they went throughout the season and i think part of that was installation i think part of that was what they were putting on film for other teams to kind of throw a curveball to teams you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. um so i think there's some level of genius there i i don't Agree with the <laughs> the power running, and I think honestly they could have been throwing the ball first and working the run game off of it. I think after what we I, let's let
1: one would, other would you, factor would, too. One other factor, Dad. You know, it was really windy yesterday, and maybe they thought, you know, something. We're a good running team. They're a bad running defense. The, con- the conditions are not going to be ideal to get the have the ball in the air all afternoon. Let's just see if we can get the job done by just grinding this out, control the clock, you know, make it a shorter game, and get out of there with a win because we have a game in four days. That might have been their mindset as well. It might have been, but then, uh, well, but then it wasn't. So then, what do you? Uh, I mean, they adjusted. It, I mean, it, it was, was it was super windy.
0: So I mean, we yeah. can talk about that. We we had the goalposts that uh we right in front of us were really wobbling pretty much from the from kickoff to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. I mean like each upright was just kind of doing this like pretty much the whole game. It was really windy. One of the windiest games I've been to in that stadium. Yeah. It was um, it, w- it was pretty it was pretty intense. I, I mm-hmm. just calling it like I said that's it's a fair enough point. Um that said Daniel Jones was slinging it just fine. I didn't see that really a problem. Daniel Jones gets a star in my book. So this is interesting because I see some people actually think that he did not play well. <laughs> what do you want?
1: What do you want I, the guy to do?
0: I think the the two picks are um frustrating, but the one he didn't see Aiden Hutchinson. Um also made a Aiden, great H- play.
1: Made Aiden made Hutchinson
0: also made a very good play. It's it's pretty clear Daniel Jones didn't see him drop into coverage. That's that is what it, it's fine, it's mm-hmm. fair. Um the other one, he sailed. He sailed one downfield on fourth down. Okay, so here's what I'm going to say about that one. It's a bad throw. Probably one of the worst ones he's had all season. I think at the time I tweeted it was. Yeah. Um, that That's a little bit reactionary on my part. It might be. Um, it was pretty bad. It was a bad throw. It was also fourth and five. It was a punt. It, uh, no, it wasn't think. a punt because he returned it way back into our territory. Well, so was, you punt, but sometimes there's punt returns also. So I, I guess so. I'm just not – I'm not – I'm not – Going to call that interception a punt if it was returned.
1: Well, also um, he he may not have made that throw on fourth down. That, I, he on third down, you mean? That was a fourth down play. Yes. Yeah, as I'm saying, if that's third and something. He may not have just aired it. He might have just you know. That's that's the point I was going to make. Yeah,
0: that's the point I was going to make.
1: It's it was not the first fourth down
0: that he was facing that this game fourth and five. He was also escaping the pocket. I mean, there's a lot of other things, and I'm. I am already saying it was a bad throw, but there are some throws that shouldn't even have to have happened. You know, fourth it's, and five is not a scenario in which you should be going for it often.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. um, it's not, it's should, not a headline of happening. the story of the game. No, I mean, I'm not going to waste my time talking about Pat Leonard. Searching <laughs> for Clay. That man works hard enough to to make his money. I don't need to give him any advertising. So,
1: I mean, um, to me... You know, Daniel Jones, the growth we've seen in him this year. If Daniel Jones is not, if if, if this was, you know, Mike Glennon or something last year on on this same team, you'd see results as bad as we did last year. I think, you know, with the the collection of talent he has to work with, with this offensive line, with all of these things, I think he is making something out of nothing in that passing game. You know, for 341 yards,
0: right, a, a touchdown. And then also had seven rushes for 50 yards and a touchdown.
1: Which could potentially be the worst collection of wide receivers we've ever had on the field at one time right now. And he,
0: and he had 400 yards
1: of total offense and two touchdowns.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad. I, I'm not saying that that makes him Aaron Rodgers or whatever. I'm saying I watched that game live, I rewatched it on broadcast. When I saw Daniel Jones dropping back into what looked like a decent pocket, and it wasn't horrible, but there was a leak here and there about one guy would have a leak every other play, it looked like an NFL offense. It looked like a quarterback that threw the ball down the field into some really tight windows, and we saw catches. We saw... I'm just going to list off some things here. I'm sorry. I know you want to jump in, but Wondell Robinson doesn't go 9 of 13 for 100 yards if... Daniel Jones is a bad quarterback. Darius Slayton, five of ten for eighty-six. Richie James, three of three for forty-eight. Kenny Galladay, two of two for twenty-nine. Isaiah Hodgins, three of three for twenty-nine. This is this doesn't happen if a quarterback is bad. This was a this was perfectly fine performance from Daniel Jones. If it weren't for the if if the two picks didn't happen, I would say it was a great game. Yeah, from him. I mean, and- the individual part for him that would have been a great game.
1: Yeah. And where our seats are, we're in the end zone and like just to the right of the goalpost. So a lot of throws were basically right behind his arm as he's throwing forward. And you could see the windows he's throwing in. And it's an NFL. It's a real NFL arm and it's real NFL throws being made. This is not you could we've watched this game long enough where you could see where their backups playing or bad quarterbacks, where ball gets looped in or something or just the inaccuracy. He's not an inaccurate quarterback. He's not a, you know, a, a loopy throwing quarterback. He and is. He's, also,
0: he's not without blame either. I mean, we were saying, you know, he looked, he looked good in this game, but we were saying live with, like, I don't know why he just rolled out to his right there. He just went into pressure. Mm-hmm. So there's still things. I, mean, I mean, we are still criticizing this man. No one no one here is throwing roses at him. Yeah. Us. But, but end, I'm also, he's not even really part of this story. If anything, he's one of the few stars in this
1: game. That's why I gave him a star. And, and, and also, one, you know, something, there are no quarterbacks. None whether you are, you know, Aaron Rodgers or, you know, Joe Montana or Jesus Christ, you're going to make mistakes. <clears throat> you're going to make physical and mental mistakes. So
0: everybody you know, knows Jesus Christ was a halfback.
1: That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, okay. So like those little things, it's like, you know, if if we're going to criticize every single mistake he makes, we might as well talk about every single player who plays. So it's just, you know, we don't see, we do not see the things that we were concerned about from him in previous years. You know, I, in my mind, I've stopped with the, you know, it, do we invest in this guy or not? I mean, he's the quarterback for now. I mean, he, he's playing like we have a, you know, a, a quarterback we've had. He's our quarterback, and that's the way we go. He's not going to, he's never going to be Eli Manning level greatness or, you know, elite, elite, but he is, for what he is, the, the hand he's been dealt with, he's doing, he's doing a fantastic job.
0: I want to talk about the defense certainly um, because i think that collectively this defense kind of lost the game um I, you know i don't really i don't think it's really a wink martindale issue um part of it is an injury issue right i mean you lose mm-hmm. both corners including the guy you you signed off the street to be cornerback to, lost him to an oblique injury so you have Cordell Flott a very raw very young rookie playing and Nick McLeod a guy you got off the street you have Jason Pinnock is already playing in place of Xavier McKinney you have Dane Belton a rookie already out there I mean some of it is an injury thing but more than anything I think this game exposed just how bad this team needs linebackers every single linebacker Micah McFadden um, Tay Crowder Jalen Smith they all had flashes of doing th- something right and got completely burned other times. Mm-hmm. There were missed tackles all over the place. There were conversions that should have never happened. They had guys dead to rights, missed tackle, and they would pick up another like eight yards for the first down. It was, yep. Um, yep. It was pretty bad. And more than anything, they didn't get really a whiff of pressure into Jared Goff for, I want to say, like maybe the final 30 minutes of the game. mm
1: mm-hmm. Well, the problem with <clears throat> this defense is always going to be also is they have a smaller margin for error because this team <clears throat> only averages, <clears throat> excuse me, under twenty one points a game. So you have to be, you know, you have to be better than what you may need to be just to you know, keep you know keep the team in games. And Detroit has a pretty explosive offense. They've been putting up a lot of points. Uh, you know, we're not winning. This team is not winning shootouts and it's a defense's job to kind of sort of keep you in check. So I don't think the defense necessarily was horrendous. Um, I would agree. I, I Saying they lost the game might be a little unfair, but I know where you're going with this. It's like we needed them. If the offense is not doing their normal thing and, you know, a big part of our offense has failed in the running game, you need the, the defense to step up more than it did and it didn't. So well I mean
0: Detroit punted only twice in the first mm-hmm, half. Yeah. And that is not the offense's fault. I mean if you want to talk about how long the defense was on the field in the second half by, or by the time the second half started then we can right. talk about that but 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 straight up I mean they their first drive they kicked a field goal and then you know two touchdowns after that I mean they really let Jamal Williams run all over and we had linebackers just attacking the wrong gaps. We mm-hmm. had hat on the hat and nobody's winning. So it is a little unfair but I'm glad you brought that up because the, the the relationship between offense and defense definitely skews things. And I've been saying this for a couple of years now, but the best defense is a good offense Absolutely. in this league now. The league rules favor the offense to the point where it's nearly unfair. Um, so when you have an offense that is running for 22 yards on 15 carries— then they are giving the ball back to the defense to get back on the field and try and make another stop time and time again. Now, this is part of what my issue was against Houston last week. They they, they put the defense in, in a position to play things they shouldn't have had to play. They let Houston hang around because the defense was starting to get winded. The defense was starting to get figured out by the other team because – they kept having to go back out there because we just kept running into a brick wall and punting away because we had a lead. We felt it was okay to take our foot off the gas and we could just start running out the clock at halftime or whatever. We just decided to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And that puts pressure on the defense to do more than they should have to do. Um, In this game, I would say that it was a game plan issue. And also, I think we both agree Detroit is playing much harder for Dan Campbell than Houston is playing for Lovey Smith. Yeah,
1: oh, for sure. I mean, this team, it's interesting. They're, they're also playing on Thanksgiving, and they're playing Buffalo in that early game. That might be kind of fun. I think we have three uh, fun games to watch on Thanksgiving, for sure. Yeah, fun.
0: <laughs> tell, me, tell me more about fun. Tell me about this team. Where are the New York Giants right
1: now? Well, that's the question. And, you know, I said it before, you know, this is kind of a logical break where we can kind of say we're into the next phase of the season and it's the stretch run. And, you know, we all had our own thoughts about this team going into the year. We all knew this was going to be a rebuild. We all thought this was probably anywhere from, you know, a three to a six win team, most likely, you know, the most, you know, Optimistic, you know, Kool-Aid drinkers might think we were probably better than that. But you know, real realistically, looking at this roster, looking with a new coaching staff, looking at the need to kind of purge and start over, you know, this team was not expected to be very good. And, you know, as we head into Thanksgiving, we are seven and three, Ron. Seven and three. Uh, why are we? You know, is are we really as good as our record? Are we outkicking our own coverage? And then more importantly, what does that mean going forward? You know, is this sustainable going forward based on what we have left to play? So I kind of was uh, playing around with numbers and, look, and looking at different things and I wanted to kind of run stuff by you, Grump and um, tell me what you think as I go through these, these different stats and things. So got it. first of all, you know, at the highest level after 10 games, you know, what is this team? You know, offensively, we're 19th in the league in total offense. We're 28th in passing offense, but we're fourth in rushing offense. Now, we've kind of gone over a little bit of the why for that, and I would not be surprised going forward if those numbers start to skew a little bit in a different way, but we are, we are at this moment. We're 21st in scoring offense, we're averaging 20 and a half points a game. Um, but here's the thing, you know, we talk about defense, you know, if we're in the 19th total offense in the league, we're the 17th in total defense, you know, giving up 340, 347 yards a game as opposed to total offense, 334. You know, we're the 15th best passing defense. We're 25th against the rush. Uh, we're the 13th best scoring defense, giving up 20.4 points a game, even though we give up 20.5 points a game. So you're seeing we're right about the middle of the pack. You know, and any of the other stats even kind of break up, you know, accent that average middle of the line uh, thing. Turnover differential, we're plus one, basically even. Point differential, we're plus one, 16th in the league out of 32 teams. It's exactly half. I mean, if the, by most of this, th- these numbers, we really, at this point, should be a five and five team. Why are we seven and three and not five and five? Let's look at the schedule of who we played to this point. And the way I looked at it was I you know, for each team, I, I went through for each conference and, you know, ranked them from, you know, playoff seating, who would be the, like the NFC one versus the NFC 16. And I could tell you who we played um, right now, you know, starting off like in the, in the NFC, we played the, uh, the third ranked team. We've lost. The fifth-ranked team we've lost, the tenth-ranked team we've lost, we've beaten the twelfth, the fifteenth, and the sixteenth. In the AFC, we've beaten the third seed, we beat the fourth seed, we beat the eleventh seed, and we built we beat the sixteenth seed. So right now, for teams that are in the playoffs, we're two and two. We're holding our own, but we're five and one against teams that are not currently in the playoffs. So. We are beating the teams we are supposed to beat. I mean, last week, obviously, the outlier in that. But we are holding our own against teams that are playoff teams, which is, you know, if you, you know, looking at those kind of metrics that I'm using, if we're just a a 500 team, that's where we're kind of outkicking our coverage a little bit. Now, the question is, what do we have left going forward? That's a problem. (laughs) It's not going to be easy. Right now we have Dallas, which is the fifth seed, Washington, which is the eighth, Philly, which is the one, Washington again the eighth, Minnesota the two, Indy, which is the tenth seed in the AFC, and then Philly again, which is the one. Now, I get it that playoff seeding is a little different than, you know, your record. There may be a team that's like a fourth or um, a fifth seed that's really the second best record in in the conference, but you're kind of getting my point for this. It's that it's going to get a lot harder, and— you know, those, you know, playing those six games that are not playoff teams, that's that's pretty much done and gone right now. We only have, we have uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left. Four of those are not, are in the playoffs as of this moment. But we play two more against Washington, which is much improved and playing pretty well right at this moment. I'm not going to keep saying they suck when I do my division playoff, uh, my division uh, previews each week for saying that. So, Overall, I mean, this team is on one hand, is playing better than we thought because we didn't think this team was even an NFL average team coming into this season. And their results are how they're winning games is actually better than how they are playing this year. So I think, you know, two things you can glean from this. One, be very happy for how this season has gone so far. But also, keep all this in perspective because the road's gonna get really rocky. and, if we slide and you know lose six of our last eight games, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden this team sucks. It's probably regression, and this team will be getting worse because injuries will mount. And when you are a team such as us, we don't have the depth of the elite teams where if a Philly or a Kansas City gets injuries, they have depth behind them or the ability to sign guys off the street because we have no more cap. We are probably going to get worse and worse as a team the more injuries do mount up. So that was a lot. I didn't cough at all during all that. Grumpier thoughts?
0: Well, I have a couple of thoughts. Um, for starters, one of your counted games as a playoff team is against a Cooper Rush-led Dallas Cowboys in which we lost. Um, I don't know if that changes the way you view that game at all or not. It, it kind of doesn't for me. It doesn't for me. I mean
1: okay. there I mean there's
0: I mean they again, should they should have in, performed better in that game than they did, but I'm not surprised that they lost still because that is a good overall team. Yeah. With with a very smart offensive coordinator as well. And
1: and my, my point for this whole thing is where, you know, after ten games you kind of have a pretty good picture of what you are as a team overall. I mean, there might be some variation going forward. I mean, the Giants may be worse in all these stats again because of more injuries and things like that, but not really. uh, Didn't factor in too much really at all.
0: Okay.
1: Um, I guess the bigger
0: thing about this, um, doing my best to reverse and give myself like a long view. Um, Mm -hmm. As far as this season goes, I predicted seven wins. So I guess they could still lose out. Um, I guess the problem is, so uh, positives, right? They have hung around because they do have a smarter coach than they've had in quite a while.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: They have a front office that is all on the same page with the coach, which I don't know if that's happened (sighs)
1: since,
0: since what, like 2004?
1: And let me piggyback what you just said. You know, we've been nitpicking some of these coaching decisions, but we're going to do that. For, you know, if Bill Belichick was our coach, if George Halas was our coach, if sure, anybody— George, Bill Belichick put Ron
0: Gr- Rob Gronkowski as a deep safety against Miami, what, two years ago? Mm-hmm. And they lateraled all the way down the field for a game-winning touchdown because he's too big, dumb, and clumsy back there to do anything. Right. And he got juked by Kenyon Drake. Was a stupid—that's a coach overcoaching. Yeah, and so, so yes, we will criticize every coach that's ever been here does not mean that they suck as coaches. These are the best coaches we've had since Tom Coughlin was here. Do we agree on that? Oh, for sure. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, this is this is a very solid, very forward-thinking and very smart coaching staff that is doing more work than they need to because they are handed a cash-strapped bad roster, right? Mm-hmm. Do we agree mm-hmm. on that? Completely. Okay. So so then we understand that we are criticizing coaches that are trying their fucking damnedest. Okay, so that's fine. And when they are trying really hard, they have been able to squeak out wins against superior rosters, right? Mm-hmm. The Ravens are a much superior roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that maybe they're on par with Green Bay at this point. You know, Green Bay came back, beat Dallas last week. Um,
1: Tennessee's got a better roster than us.
0: Tennessee, I think it, maybe we're close to being on par with Tennessee. I don't That'd know. Be- Uh, if they have a better roster than us, it's, it's fairly close. It's not Mm -hmm. like night and day. Um, So this coaching staff has done what they've done to keep us around. Beating the Packers in London is a big deal. Beating Baltimore is a big deal. These are, Mm -hmm. these were big deal games. Even beating Tennessee was a big deal game. Um, And coaching had a lot to do with that. They coached themselves into situations where they could make the most of what they had. And, um, beat better rosters. So on the long view, when I look at a front office that seems to be forward thinking and on the same page as a coaching staff that I think is smart and forward thinking. And um, I feel good about this team. I just get worried again. You know, I, I don't know what the decision is going to be on Daniel Jones next year. I don't know what the decision is going to be on Saquon Barkley. There's a lot of, of already pre-built holes in this roster that we're dealing with. I just said we have not one good linebacker on this team. And I think that's pretty accurate. It's very accurate. We have have issues all over and we have more issues that are coming up as contracts expire at the end of the year. So I guess how I feel is frustrated because this seemed to be the year that might be a long shot where we could go to the playoffs – Maybe steal a win. One playoff win would have made the two years of true rebuilding to follow tolerable. There would be some benchmark of something to lean on like, well, you know what they did with, with garbage. You know, Here they are building the team that they want. It's only going to get better from here this might actually take a step back before it goes forward because maybe they've outdone themselves this year. And that's frustrating
1: to watch. I was looking at it a little differently. To me, if this team somehow, you know, wins a playoff game, I think the expectations would be too high. And I think this fan base, you know, it's a very fickle fan base. And all of a sudden, if this team takes a step back... You mean the
0: expectations for next year? Yes. Yeah, but you know what? Even if next year is not – let's just say that scenario goes through. They, they mm-hmm. have a playoff game. They go in as a wild card. They win one playoff game, and then they, they lose the second one. Okay. okay. You go into next year. Maybe fans have a huge expectation. They're not going to do – they're not going to look worse. They might have a worse record based on the decisions that they make and whatever. But mm-hmm. I don't think they'll look like a worse team. Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, all year we've been hearing about it's the worst five and one team, it's the worst six and one team. I don't think that we'd be hearing that narrative. I think there would be, you know, maybe a five hundred team that knocks off big opponents here and there. And I think the the scary one,
1: the the legitimacy of everything, changes completely with a playoff win. It really does. Yeah, Um,
0: but, but but you could you could take that and be like, well, again, we saw what they were able to do with garbage. You know, they outdid themselves. I still I feel good about this staff and you know, I'd feel good about the years to come. To fall off a cliff and then go into next year and maybe end up roughly the same while looking a little bit better. I don't know, it just sucks. It just sucks. This sucks because I was never really big on this year being anything. I think you and I yeah. have stayed fairly even keel, right? Yeah. With, and I think with, I, I... We even really didn't start saying playoffs until it was like, well, yeah. I think it might be a mathematical inevitability at this point.
1: And I, I still feel like the rest of the season is house money because I, the logic in me tells me, with these mounting injuries, with this extremely difficult schedule coming up, that I don't think this team is good enough to go. What do we? I say we had seven games left, you know, to go five and two. I just don't see it. So. Again, my, my expectation is tempered by that, so I'm not going to feel like, you know, damn it, you know, disappointed that we... I don't feel we've blown it. I don't feel we choked any of that stuff. It's just... It still feels like house money to me this year. And... Yeah, of course. But it... Yeah. Would, it, it, it I would have loved to have, you know,
0: 36 hours ago I would tell you that it's it's almost a lock that we're making the playoffs. Once you start saying Wondell Robinson's done for the year and Adoree Jackson is almost done for the year, now I'm saying I don't know if we win another game.
1: And also not getting that 8th win. I mean it makes the margin of victory uh, the margin of error that much smaller again. If you if you're starting 8 and 2 going into this gauntlet and let's say you win the indie game and maybe you win what are the Washington games and everything You're still else? They're probably going in at
0: ten, ten ten and wins. six.
1: Yeah. Now you gotta you gotta find a third win somewhere in this. That means you have to win, you know, either the Dallas Minnesota, game. Dallas, yeah. Philly. Yeah, going Philly. into Minnesota, going into Dallas, going into Philly. I mean that means you have to win that last game of the year against Philly. And you know something? Let's let's remember this though. That last game against Philly might mean nothing to Philly.
0: Yeah, but I still don't—do you think Philly is the team that lets their division opponent get into
1: the playoffs? They don't give—I mean, they are a bunch of fucking assholes, and I'll put that on me as an F word for that. But they are they are assholes, but they are not that fucking stupid. I mean, they tanked that last game for us a couple years ago to, to stick it to us, but it meant nothing to them. This, they are not going to risk—they'll I mean, probably bench Hurts. They'll probably bench half the offensive line. They'll, they're going to do anything to jeopardize a Super Bowl run because they want, and who knows who that other wild card team might be? It might be us with the Cowboys who are fighting for that last spot. We don't know. I'm just not banking on it. I wouldn't bank. I, on I would it. bank on
0: it. I would bank right. on it. Well, go for it. You you bank on it. I'm not banking on shit.
1: Yeah, they don't, um, and, and not
0: for nothing. I'm not banking on this team winning against a the depth of the Eagles either.
1: I mean, if they, if, 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 well, if this team can't beat a a quarterback a team with a potential backup quarterback playing and half their starters not playing, and them really just going through the motions. We don't deserve to be in the playoffs anyway.
0: Well, that, that those are not the same thing. There's not you, you don't. That's not what happens when you tank. If you bench starters, that there's doesn't nothing. Mean you're I going,
1: didn't say tank. I said they're just no, not, no, 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 no. If
0: you if you if you bench your starters because you don't want them to get hurt, right for the playoff run, that's what you're saying. Yes. No one is going through the motions. Those depth players are playing
1: at 100. percent But they're also depth players too. They're, they're, yeah. they're backups. And, and a but, but this
0: isn't an argument over oh, if you can't beat the depth, then you shouldn't be there. That's not the point. But the point that's is that's... they are what they are. They have to find a third win. That third win is not necessarily coming against Philadelphia's backups. We couldn't beat Dallas with Cooper Rush. We didn't even get close.
1: It wasn't right, but, close. Who's who's Philly's backup quarterback?
0: I don't. I don't know. I didn't know Cooper yeah. Rush was Dak's backup. Does that make a difference?
1: You should know. Cooper Rush played last year. Cooper Rush was pretty decent last year when he played too. We know he was a good backup quarterback. Rush played last year. Rush played for them last year. Didn't he come in when Dak was, was out?
0: I think you're thinking of two years ago when we broke his ankle in 2020, and then Ben DiNucci had to come in as well. <laughs> I don't ben know. Do you know? Do you know Philly's backup? I
1: don't. I know. That's my point. If they don't even know who he is,
0: I don't. I, I still think this is a silly. This is a silly sticking point on your point.
1: My my point would be if, if if they are in this game is completely meaningless mode. That to me is the easiest one, the easiest game we have to play of of the of the, of the our remaining schedule. But the problem is we're probably not going to know that until week seventeen.
0: It's Gardner Minshew who was a former starter. Gardner Minshew, <laughs> who was, was people in Jacksonville didn't want to get rid of. That's right. Yeah, I would actually say that Gardner Minshew is probably better than Cooper Rush.
1: He had that one game last year. He, he did play last year, Cooper Rush. He was 1-0. He played in, in five games. He started one, and he won that game.
0: Okay. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess my, my point is still the same. Is I don't think it's a lock that we would beat the Eagles. With... I didn't say it was a
1: lock. I said it's a much better chance. It's, it's a much better chance of beating them if they're just going through the motion. If they're just Obviously. resting people then. No, yeah, of
0: that's... course.
1: But there was an argument because you
0: didn't say that. I wouldn't have argued you if you did. Well, that's obvious, though. I mean, I didn't have to say it because it's obvious. Of course it would be easier. I'm just saying it's not... I it wouldn't surprise me if they still lost that game. With with what they have, they don't have Wondell Robinson. They might not have... That would Corey surprise Jackson. me. That would surprise me. I man, I don't know, man. There's still, like, seven games to play before that one. More people could get hurt. Well, Ain't nobody well, coming back. Daniel that's, Bellinger, maybe. That's an
1: unknown we don't know, but I'm saying if, you know... Uh, my whole point is that there's a better chance of beating them then than it would be. It's not looking at it as if we're playing them in two weeks or three weeks. Yeah. Different okay. team. So
0: if you have to search for a third game, you have to hope that that third yep. game is that last game. Of course. And that they yeah. that, And that they do sit people because they may not.
1: That's the that was the the killer of losing this past Sunday is that margin for error just dropped so much and. I agree. Unfortunate.
0: And and I think that uh, yeah I think I think that. This game was fucked from the get go, and uh, that there you go. Write that one down. That's my last one of the. That's
1: fo- you know you're. What do you think you're at right now? I think I'm on like two or three. That was four only. Not bad.
0: Yeah, I, I look, I, I'm I'm most mad about the Adore Jackson thing, the Wandale thing. It just happens. It happens. And 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 you know what? What sucks about that is that he was insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this sucks that we had to spend this whole episode. Because I don't I don't want to keep rambling about this, but, um, we had to spend this whole episode shitting on this team. And the decisions. Um, and we, we didn't really have a, cho- a chance to say Wanda Robinson, star, um, right? Yep. Agree? Absolutely. Wanda Robinson, 9 Absolutely. of 13 for 100 yards. He did, they, they had no answer for him. They had no answer for him. No matter where he lined up, no matter what route he ran, they had no answer. Darius Slayton also, I gave a star. Um, yeah. He did have some drops, but they were really tough catches,
1: all of them. Um I mean he, he is came Darius up, he came is up what money. he is. I mean he's a guy that I complained about for a couple of years because of drops, but he has been so much more effective and and has done his job so that you you know the the, the drops are always going to be there. He's not all of a sudden going to have vice grips for hands, but he has he has saved this passing offense. He's been the most consistent receiver we've had this entire year from beginning to end.
0: I I guess my my final note in the passing game and I know I'm backtracking to like the very beginning, but that's fine. If, if if you sit down and watch this game, I think for, for years, what we were missing with Daniel Jones, since Pat Shermer left is what something that even resembled an NFL offense. And I mean the eye test, I don't mean numbers. I mean the eye test. There were all sorts of gimmicky things where we're like going to eliminate his mistakes and, and Mm -hmm. we're going to run the ball and we're going to throw short stuff and, and do all this stuff, we didn't do any of that crap in this game. he, dropped back to pass, he stood in the pocket like a man, he took shots in the face while throwing the ball downfield. He threw into tight windows it looked like an NFL offense. And I think that's what people I think that's what people weren't seeing with Jones and thought you know, he can't do this. He's not good at this. He's a bad quarterback. And I mean, the casual fan. And let's because not. Because the eye test was, they are, he does, doesn't look like an NFL quarterback. I thought he did in this game. Right.
1: And let's not confuse that with the fact that this team doesn't have a really good vertical game either. I mean, that's, those are two different things. And a lot of that could be, I wouldn't trust any of these receivers with a deep vertical game at all. So that, I think those are two separate, you know, Measuring sticks are what this, I I think, like, and I said before, I think this is a, it's a very efficient passing game now. It's not an explosive passing game. And that's, you know, that will come with better weapons, having a tight end presence, keep improving the offensive line, a second year of uh, Daniel Jones in this offense, assuming he comes back, that's all going to come.
0: I agree. I've got nothing further to say on the matter. Um, We have a really short turnaround. Thanksgiving Day, I hope you guys are all having Thanksgiving dinner turkey with people you love while you watch Dallas uh, host the New York Giants. Then we have a really short turnaround, so I hope you guys are enjoying your Tuesday while you listen to this. (laughs) We will be recording tonight for a tomorrow episode for you guys, Wednesday. Wednesday for your Thursday game. How about that for a turnaround? Don't you wish you were us? Wow. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday for
1: us. I thought the Giants had a quick turnaround. They have to, you know, we better get in our hot tubs and get, you know, all of the bumps and bruises taken off from this past week and our massagers from our throats. Yeah.
0: Get get our tea ready. There's mine right here.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. So – as always, follow us on Twitter while it still exists at football underscore grump, at the cranky fan, at just Giants pod. Be sure to follow the show on YouTube, probably the best spot to do it going forward, and SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play if you're just an audio person. And we will see you all tomorrow morning for a preview episode against the Cowboys. Until then, go Giants. Go Giants.